0: This is an audio sermon recorded at the Church of Christ at Johnson Mill in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 3801 Johnson Mill Boulevard. In James chapter 3, beginning in verse 5, it says, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of bird, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. When we look at this, we're talking about in the book of James how little the tongue can be. It's really just a small part of our body when we think about it but how powerful that tongue is. That small part of your body can defile the whole body. And it says it's a world of iniquity. When you think about it, a lot of the sins that, that are caused in this world, a lot of it comes from the tongue. When you think about the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh, it really comes a lot from the tongue. We speak these things into existence. We speak this iniquity and the sin in our life. And that little, bit of, that little tongue, that little member of your own body, is what defiles your whole body. So we need to realize that this little member has the power to destruct both yourself and the power to destruct others around you. In, in Psalms chapter 50, verse 16 through 22 it says, "But unto the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that, that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth, seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my, castest my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, Then thou consentest with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thou mouth to evil, and thy tongue framest deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as thyself, but I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this. Ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. When we look at that in in verse 19 and 20, it says that thou mouth you givest the mouth to evil, and thy tongue framest deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother, and thou slanderest against thine own mother's son. When you look at this, it's talking really about the wickedness of the tongue. How we use our speech can have great effect on other people. We can use it for deceit, we can use it to tear people down. We can slander other people when there's no necessary cause. We can use all these different things, <clears throat> and it will tear these other people down. So we can see the power of the tongue to destruct other people and to tear them down. Also in Psalms chapter 10, verse four through seven, it says, "The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight." And as for all of his enemies, he puffeth at them. He hath said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. When we look at this, we see that the wicked's tongue is full of cursing, deceit, and fraud. And I know all of us, we've all come across these people who, quite frankly, just have filthy mouths. Who just say these words that shouldn't be uttered. They say things that should never be said, and a lot of that for the words, and for whatever reason, they they have these filthy mouths. Remember that we're not just talking about when someone uses filthy words or or the words that they say, but we also talk about those who speak deceit, those who speak fraud, those who slander against other people. All of these has the power to destruct others and could even become a stumbling block to your fellow Christians around you just by the mouths that you use and the, the words that you use and how you use those words. We have a really good example of this in the book of genesis chapter 39 in genesis we talk about joseph now if we remember about joseph this is one that joseph in the coat of many colors when he was a young boy growing up he was the second youngest son of all of his brothers and his brothers really didn't like him because his father favored him over the others now what we have is joseph was eventually sold into slavery by his brothers because they hated him so much Now, what happened with Joseph after he was sold into slavery is eventually he made his way to Egypt. Now, when he was in Egypt, the Lord was with him the whole time. And he found favor in the sight of the Lord. And in fact, he found favor with Potiphar. Now, Potiphar was very high up in the land of Egypt. And Potiphar had great many possessions. So he was one of the, the reigning rulers over there. And he found favor. Joseph found favor in the eyes of Potiphar as well. So what Potiphar did was he actually trusted Joseph to be over everything that Potiphar owned, his entire house, because he found favor in the sight of the Lord, and Potiphar saw that. And in fact, it even says that Potiphar didn't even know everything that he owned unless Joseph told him. So this was someone he really, really trusted Joseph a lot, and he was basically second in command of Potiphar's house. He could do whatever he wanted with all of Potiphar's possessions. Now Potiphar's wife was not a very good woman. Potiphar's wife was trying to get Joseph to lie with her continually. Every time Potiphar was out, she was continually tempting Joseph to go lie with her for whatever reason. Now, Joseph was a good man, and Joseph continually denied her. And in fact, he even said, Potiphar, your husband has given me head over everything except for you as his wife. Now, I would not sin against him, and I would not sin against the Lord of lying with her. And, And Joseph just kept kept denying and kept denying, but Potiphar's wife kept continuing on. So we're going to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 39, beginning in verse 11. And in verse 11, it says, And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. And he came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And when she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. So you can see what Potiphar's wife did at this time. She was tempting him, she was trying to get him to lie with her, and he wouldn't do it. In fact, he did the right thing. He got up and got out of there. He fled from iniquity, he fled from all temptations, which is exactly what we're taught to do as Christians is he ran away, but when he did so, he left his garment there because he got out so quickly that then she used that against him. Now, obviously, we, we can see the lies and the deceit that came from Potiphar's wife, and we can see that she tore him down and tore down his reputation. So when she told that to Potiphar, let's see his response. In verse 19 and 20, it says, And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. <coughs> so we can see Potiphar's response. And what I want to notice is consider the immediate change of status that Joseph had. Joseph was second in command. He was so trusted by Potiphar, and he, everything that Potiphar had was put into Joseph's command and what, what he could do with that. And then Potiphar goes away, and as soon as he comes back, he hears one lie, one deceit, one fraud from his own wife, and from that one little thing, he completely cast out Joseph into prison. Now, one thing that I just want to point out is you can continue on reading the story that even though Joseph was put in the prison for his lies and deceit, the Lord never left him. The Lord was continually with Joseph and always stayed with him, so sometimes... We may have people against us as Christians say lies and deceit to tarnish your reputation. Now, this would have tarnished Joseph's reputation among the other men in, in the local land. But even though that may happen and you may have someone speak falsely against you, as long as you're doing what you need to do, the Lord will never leave you. And the Lord will always know the truth. So Joseph, just from that lie, we can see that his reputation was tarnished by one woman who spoke lies and deceits. And sometimes we can see other people doing that as well. And in fact, we see some people not being able to control their mouth, and it causes great harm to many others around them, not just one person. In Titus chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, it says, "...for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake." This is Paul writing to Titus here, and he's saying that there's many of these vain talkers and deceivers. There's a lot of people out there, and these people are leading people down the wrong road. They're doing it for filthy lucre's sake, and it's our responsibility to stop those people. As Christians, what we need to do is we need to stop those vain, bab talklings so that they make sure that we keep people on the right road. So just from these few verses we can see so far, we can see the power of the tongue to destruct. And that power is mighty powerful that it can tear people down it can lead people down the wrong road and it can hurt not just one person but many people and even in fact generations long long going now the next thing i want to talk about is the power of the tongue to build up you know we do talk a lot about the power of the tongue and that we need to be controlling it and what what our responsibility is to control the tongue we talk about it in a way of that there's a lot of harm and a lot of deceit that can be brought out from the tongue, and rightfully so, that's very true. But that same power of the tongue can be used in a positive way. It can be used in a way to build people up, to encourage others, to set people on the right track. In Psalms chapter 37, verse 29 through 31, it says, "...the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom." and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. We see that the mouth of the righteous will speak wisdom. Now we just saw a lot about the mouth of the unrighteous will speak lies, will speak deceit, will speak vanity. But the mouth of the righteous will speak wisdom. And that tongue of, talketh of judgment. And that's going to be the judgment of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 20 and 21, It says the tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. There's two main things to point out. We're talking about the tongue with the ability to build up. One is it's as choice silver. I want you to think about if someone comes up and hands you a pure silver coin, that's valuable, right? That's things that we would like to have choice silver that's really valuable for our life well the tongue of the just the tongue of the righteous is even more valuable than that it's more valuable than just a little bit of silver and also it says in 21 the lips of the righteous feed many when we talk about feeding many we're talking about feeding spiritually now we know the word of god is the bread of life and the tongue of the righteous and the lips of the righteous will go to feed many spiritually that they can build each other up it can can be encouraging it can be uplifting and it can use the bread of life in order to encourage others. So there's great power in the tongue in order to use it for a positive nature as well. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, it says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. When you look up that word health from the Strong's Concordance, it means a medicine or a cure. You know, when we think about times that we've gone through a hard time, and we go to a brother or sister that we really trust, and we go to them and we can, we can confide in them the hardships that we're dealing with or the different, different things that are going against us at a time, and we can receive trusted counsel from that Christian that, that we so long for, that can really be like a medicine or like a cure for us at times that we just desperately need it. And that's what it's talking about here in Proverbs. It says the tongue of the wise can be like health. It can be uplifting for you. It can encourage you even to the point of we've seen people that are suffering from a great depression for whatever reason, that they can go and they can receive these words of encouragement, these words of comfort that come from the bread of life, the word of God, and it can actually help them overcome that depression. So we can see that the word of God or that the words that we have can be very uplifting for other people. We also have an example of this in the book of Acts chapter 16 where someone had used their words and they had used their communication in order to lift up other people. <clears throat> Acts chapter 16, verse 25 says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, and sprang in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And he spake unto him the word of the Lord, and all that were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straight way. There's three main things that I want to point out <coughs> with Paul and Silas and their communication. The first thing is that they sang praises unto God. They were using it to build up themselves to make sure that they were staying true to God in prison and also all the prisoners around them. They were building up those prisoners and now the prison keeper overheard them. So he, he heard these praises they were singing to God. The next thing we see there was an earthquake and all the bands were loose. Now the, the ritual, the custom at that time, was if anybody had escaped from prison, then that prison keeper's life was in danger. He, w- he was supposed to kill himself or he would have been killed. It was a life for a life, basically. So he was about to kill himself, and the next thing that Paul did was he stopped him from harming himself. He said he cried out. He yelled out and said, do thyself no harm. So he stopped him from hurting himself. So that's a second form of communication that he did just in this short example. And then the third one, the third form of communication, is then he taught God's word to the jailer and to all his house in order for all of them to be saved. He said they were all baptized immediately. So when we look at that, just in those few short verses, we can see three different things that Paul and Silas did in order to build up someone else and to encourage them and to help them so that they can follow down the right path. And Paul teaches us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 that we should be using our mouth in order to edify others. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. This is the kind of communication we should be looking to do at all times, that there's no corrupt communication, but instead we look at communication that would be edifying to others and that would be ministering grace to those that would hear us. So now we have seen both in a way the power of the tongue to destruct We can see that it can be used as a mighty weapon to tear people down. We also can see that it can also be used as a mighty weapon to build people up. When you look at the book of Proverbs, anytime you study in the book of Proverbs, you'll notice a lot of contrast. So in the book of Proverbs, a lot of the verses, they contrast with each other. They say this is this and this is that. I want to look at that just a little bit from a tongue standpoint. We look at Proverbs 10, verse 41. In order to build it up, it says a good tongue brings forth wisdom but an evil tongue will be cut off. Proverbs twelve eighteen it says a good tongue brings health, but an evil tongue is like the piercings of a sword. Proverbs twelve nineteen it says the truth will be established forever, but a lying tongue is for a moment. Proverbs 15, verse 2, it says a good tongue with a wise uses knowledge, but fools pour out foolishness. And Proverbs 15, verse 4, it says a good tongue is wholesome as, as a tree of life, but perverseness is a breach in the spirit so here we can see that the tongue is a mighty powerful tool that we can either use to be destructive or it can be used to build people up and to help others so now the next thing i want to look at is what's our responsibility you know to quote a a really modern day philosopher that we have says with great power comes great responsibility from the movie spider-man so great power comes great, great responsibility you know that's really true God has given us a great and mighty powerful tool, which is the tool of your tongue. It's your speech. It's how you communicate with others. It's how you can lead other people. Now, with that tongue comes great responsibility. And that's going to be the responsibility to use it wisely, to keep it in control. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. You know, sometimes the best way to control our tongue is to simply keep it silent. To quit talking so much so we don't speak foolish things. It's often said that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen twice as much as you talk. If you'll listen, you'll really have a fuller understanding before you go to speak anything. Sometimes we just need to keep our mouth shut and keep it silent. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1-5, through five, it says, My brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even though, so the tongue is a little member, and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. In verse 2 right there, it says, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. I think you can see the responsibility that we have to keep our tongues in check, to make sure that we can see, even though it's a small member, how powerful and how mighty it is. It relates it to the, the helm of a boat, and it relates it to a bit that we put in a horse's mouth. Think about a big boat. Think about these massive ships that go across the ocean. And what are they really controlled by? Just a little helm. That will keep the whole boat turning and and go wherever the the governor lists us or wherever the captain so chooses for it to go. Really, it's the same with your tongue. Even though it may be a little member, it's your responsibility to make sure we keep it in check and that it will lead the whole body to where, where you want the body to go. In Psalms chapter 39, and verse 1, it says... I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I will sin not with my tongue, and I will keep my mouth with a bridle, while the wicked is set before me. Keeping your mouth with a bridle and and sinning not with your tongue means controlling what we say and how we say it. So if we think about keeping our mouth with a bridle, that's keeping it in check, making sure we're constantly focusing on what we say. Then in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, it says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue... Keepeth his soul from troubles. Keeping your mouth in check and keeping your soul from troubles. You know, think about a time when a problem re- arose in a relationship in your life. Think about someone you were close to, maybe a close friend or maybe a family member. And sometimes problems arise in those. And a lot of times it's arise by simple miscommunication. Or where one party didn't gather the whole facts before responding out of anger. Sometimes that will cause a lot of problems. When it talks about in Proverbs, keep your mouth and your tongue in check, you keep your soul from troubles. That's very true. When we think about the, how we respond to people, how we communicate with people, sometimes that causes the biggest problems that we have is by not thinking before we speak or by not hearing the other person's point of view before we speak. You know, one thing that we say here, here at work is seek first to understand, then to be understood. So listen to other people first before you say your point of view, because your point of view may not be fully accurate without all the facts. So we want to make sure that we're keeping that in check. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23, it says, The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. When we're talking about teaching your mouth, this is controlling your speech and always adding wisdom to apply to your life. Now, the greatest source of wisdom that we have is the Word of God. So continually looking into the Word of God and studying it and learning it and finding ways to apply it to your life, if we can use that kind of language as we present it to other people, that will be teaching our mouth in order to present it to others. And in fact, it's so important that we keep our communication in check that in the book of James, it tells us that our religion is vain if we don't. James chapter 1, verse 26 says, "...if any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue..." but deceiveth his own heart, this man, religion is in vain. That word vain really means useless, really means empty, really means pointless. I want you to think about everything that you do to serve God. Everything that you do to try to keep yourself in check, to try to be a good light to the world. You show up here on the first day of the week to praise Him, to honor Him. You study His Word, you meditate upon His Word. Think about all these things you're doing. But if you don't keep your, your tongue in check... If you don't keep your communication where it needs to be james is telling us that that religion is vain so i think we can see how really important it is and responsibility that we have to keep our mouth and communication where it needs to be to make sure we're using it to build each other up to be encouraging to be uplifting and that we're never using it to be destructive so we can all see this great responsibility we have in the mighty tool that god has given us you know we can also tell with what is someone's what is in someone's heart by what comes out of their mouth, as Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, says, "O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh." Also in Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, it says, "But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man." You know, we've got some people that, that are around us, and I've, I've got some people that are here in this office that, that we work with that, quite frankly, they just have filthy mouths, filthy language. They talk bad about other people continually. It's full of gossip. It's full of cursing. It's full of deceit. And there will be other people, and they'll say, like, oh, well, he's a good man. He just, he just can't control his mouth. Well, Jesus is telling us out of the mouth comes the things forth that are in the heart. So is that a really good man if he can't control his mouth? I want you to think about your life and think about the things that are coming forth, how you're communicating with the world, and what is truly in your heart. If you have a good heart, you will continually bring forth good things out of your mouth and your communication. If you notice yourself that you have an evil, uh, that you have bad things coming out of your mouth that's full of deceit, it's full of gossip, it's full of cursing, whatever these things are, you might want to check our heart. We might want to see really where our heart is and how we're relying upon each other. So it's important that we realize the powerful tool that God has given us. We can either use it to be a great blessing, or it can be a great curse for both ourselves and for others around us. Matthew 12, again, in verse 35 through 37, Jesus talking, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Jesus reminds us that we are either going to be justified, or we're going to be condemned based upon our communication and how we speak to those around us. What he's referring to as idle words right there, he's really referring to the speech that we have when we're not really paying attention we talk about the communication that we have when we're really not giving it a whole lot of thought, it's just idle words, it's just things that are flowing out of her mouth. Those are still going to be judged just as if we're judged when we're paying a lot of attention to our, to our thoughts and to our words. So be cautious of the words that you're using and make sure that we're always remembering the power of the tongue that God has given us. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. To receive new sermons each week, subscribe on Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and God bless.